0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: It's Black History Month, which for the NHL means shining a spotlight on black athletes who have broken down barriers. But it should also be a time for self-reflection because let's face it, Hockey has not been the most welcoming space historically. There are steps to take before we can truly say that the game is for everyone, even if progress is being made. That progress, though, has been spearheaded by those who have helped topple over barriers, and today's guest has done just that. Brett Peterson made history just a few months ago. Hired by the Florida Panthers, Peterson became the first black man to hold an assistant general manager position in the NHL. We're going to talk about that in addition to his experience in hockey his emotions seeing NHL players stand together against the mistreatment of Black people by police, and the impressive start happening in Florida. It's all that and more on the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast right now. Back in November, the Florida Panthers did a thing that all hockey teams do. They made a hockey hire. But with this hire, they did something that actually hadn't been done before. They made Brett Peterson the first Black man to hold an assistant general manager position. In the nhl brett thanks for taking the time to join me and a belated congratulations on the agm gig thank you very much for having me no problem so now that you've had a chance to settle in your role here and start putting your expertise into practice have you been able to reflect on the barrier you knocked down i imagine this is a significant source of pride for you and your family
0: yeah i mean it's um i'm I'm more excited just for the the game of hockey um especially the national hockey league That we're continuing to expand and move forward, and and let more people hopefully enjoy our great game. So, um, but it's been um, been a little bit of a whirlwind, but I'm happy it's starting
1: to settle in. Uh, Obviously, immense pride. Obviously, the excitement on your end. Uh, Are you having to weigh that at all with feelings of well, perhaps it shouldn't have taken this long?
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's natural for for everybody. uh, but uh, I guess I'm I'm always a forward thinker. So I'm just happy that now, you know, there can be others in second, third, and, and we can keep uh, continuing to grow our footprint, um, meaning the NHL and hockey players in general and expand it and hopefully just get a more wide range of people involved in the
1: game. What sort of responses have you heard in the months since taking the job from inside the hockey community, from inside the business world that you came from? Uh, from inside the communities that you belong to, just on a personal level?
0: Well, I mean, I think the, the, the reaction from the hockey community was exactly what I've always experienced as a hockey player just, you know, welcoming and, and excited and uh, friendships. Uh, these, a lot of these friendships are lifelong friendships. So um, that was, you know, universally been, has, has been amazing. Um, you know, from uh, personally growing up, with a, a non-traditional hockey background at all. Um, it's been exciting to, to you know, very blue collar uh, upbringing in terms of family members and have their reaction and their excitement. And, you know, you could just say, see that people are, um, I guess, excited that something something else is happening. And, you know, I think it, it kind of motivates a lot of people and it helps it helps kind of kickstart imaginations for other people. So it's been it's been amazing.
1: So how are things going so far? Obviously the Panthers are off to a tremendous start. Many of the offseason additions have fared quite well. So that obviously reflects positively on the new look management team over there. Uh, But this is also a hockey season being played amid a pandemic and many of the things you were hired to do, I I assume have been complicated to a degree. So tell me about the positives, the challenges and the progress made uh, with the Florida Panthers over these first few months.
0: Well, you know, we've got, we got out of the gates nicely so far. Um, you know, uh, Billy, Bill Zito has done a phenomenal job. Paul Kraut done a phenomenal job putting this, this team together as well as um, the other uh, staff, Wongo and Brian McCabe and all the other guys. Um, they've done a great job in kind of piecing this team together and giving us a chance to get started. And, you know, we are just going to have to be flexible. It's a, it's a global pandemic. So, Everybody in the world is dealing with it, and, um, you know, our first priority is safety, but uh, after that, it's about putting the best product that we can on the ice and and competing as hard as we can.
1: Another part of the job for you is working with the Florida Panthers Foundation and programs aimed to make hockey more inclusive and more accessible in the South Florida area. Can you detail some of the projects that you've been working on on that side uh, and how those programs are developing under your watch?
0: Well, right now it's a, it's a little bit obviously because of the COVID, it's a little bit slower um, right. than I would have, would have like, uh, just because we're not able to get out and, and interact with as many people just yet. But um, you know, really, once we do get uh, our feet solidly on the ground and, and down there, it's it's going to be about attracting, getting people to skate, and getting people excited about the game, and, and and really trying to get out in our our area, our county, and and kind of attract. People that historically would have driven right by, you know, our our, our practice arena, you know, and, and try to get people in the door and and um, create um, just kind of a new new trajectory for some folks. Um, you know, the the premise of of getting uh, I guess hockey people behind hockey is um, you know there's just so many things that happen in hockey in the hockey game in a practice that I think are invaluable life experiences for um boys and girls to grow up with and and hopefully make them better people. So we're excited to get going. We're excited to um, you know, kind of expand the Florida Panthers footprint a little bit further down south in, in Florida and and try to get um try to get this thing going on the right track.
1: So it's Black History Month and it's you know the NHL has its way of celebrating that. But the month and the NHL's efforts uh do shine a light on the issues the league has had with inclusivity and representation. I think it would be wrong to suggest that the NHL hasn't made progress in that regard, but in your mind, is the NHL doing enough this month, all the time, what can it do better and what needs to happen for the NHL to be operating at maybe an optimal, uh, safe space or welcoming space?
0: Well, I think this is, I mean, you know, just it is Black History Month and, and, and I think they are doing a great job focusing on, um, on highlighting some of the people that have come along with, uh, with, um, regards to being of color and, and being involved in our game. But I think really what sticks out to me with the NHL um, and you know, even Mr. Viola in particular, is the goal is not to make it just this month of February. Like we're we're trying to make this this is another day. This is a Tuesday, it's a Thursday, and this is how we carry ourselves through. And I think they've done, they've taken some, you know, monumental steps in the last year um, in terms of heading in that right direction. And Anything that I can do to help and support them, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to.
1: The NHL uh, during this month and hopefully beyond this month uh, will aim to educate fans on those who have paved the way in the black community. Willie O'Ree, Angela James at the forefront of that. Uh, but is there someone who stands out for you, who has inspired you, has helped pave the way for you, either in a professional stance or a personal standpoint, and perhaps someone that the NHL should be putting the spotlight on a little bit more?
0: Well, I mean, you know, you you grow up and you. Uh, for me, having guys that came in front of me that were of color were Mike Greer, Anson Carter. Um, these are guys that you know I, I looked looked up to and 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 um, had the pleasure of following their careers. Um, and I think the NHL, it's it's most important, I think, to highlight um, what what they're doing right now, and they're 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 telling some of these stories from players of the past and, you know, Peter Orwell that's down with us in in Florida. Like, you know, there's some amazing stories and there's some amazing people that have um, climbed some high mountains to get to where they are. And I'm just happy that other people are going to get to kind of hear some of their um, trials and tribulations.
1: Uh, Before you were an NHL executive you were a player's agent. And I want to get into that a little bit, but before you were a player's agent, you were a player yourself, four years at Boston college, five-year run in the minor leagues might be hard to, for you to compare. And I know you mentioned that your experience has been largely positive the entire time, uh, but how do you think the playing experience has changed for non-white players over the years? Are there fewer obstacles now? And do you believe this is a, a safer space now for, for those chasing a career in hockey or everyone chasing a career in hockey?
0: Uh, yeah, no question. I think it's you know, there's there's a lot more representation than there was when I was going through it, right? so. You know, um, it's the hockey community is an amazing place. So people, for the most part, by and large, were were always welcoming. But, you know, I think growing up as a kid, there were certain places where and maybe it was uh, our our upbringing because we weren't exposed to to that type of environment. But there was Mm -hmm. places always in the back of your mind where you're like, I don't know how comfortable I feel. Uh, going there or, or doing this and I think that's really gone by the wayside with you know um, players having so much success like Anthony Clare and, and and many others right so um, I think the game continues to push forward it continues to be a safe place and that's what we really want we really want a place for people to go and enjoy and 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 experience life.
1: I'm assuming you were at home in the summer months when Matt Dumba took a knee and the players stood unified in Edmonton, resulting in the postponement of games uh, after another black man, Jacob Blake, was shot by police. What sort of emotions were you experiencing watching all that unfold?
0: I thought it was amazing. I thought, it was, you know, we're, we're watching, you know, um, change in our world happen right between our for, before our eyes, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it was obviously very powerful, very um, very hard and i'm sure risky for for what matt did you know in in terms of you know what he was feeling leading up to that point but i I think by and large uh, the thing that struck me um was kind of the rush for the rest of the community to enjoy to join and really start to educate themselves about things that they had no idea existed and Mm -hmm. i think that's that's the best we can do is you know is anything in life right like we just try to be better people every day and um, you know, the more people that we, we have involved with our game that are willing to, you know, kind of stop, listen and, and start the conversation, then it's going to help us dramatically.
1: The Hockey Diversity Alliance played a major role in the discussion over the summer and since. Um, for whatever reason, a disconnect seems to remain between the HDA and the NHL. And I welcome you to comment on that if you wish. Um, but can you explain the importance of a group like the HDA having a seat at the table?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, 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 players have earned that right. And to have that platform, they've, they've, you know, uh, reached extraordinary heights. And I'm happy that these guys are, have kind of created a, a group where um, they can be vocal and they can be themselves. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's new, right? So it, it's going to be evolving. Um, what, those relationships and those interactions are. But I think that, you know, once they get it, everyone, both sides get themselves uh, steadily on the ground, it's going to be an amazing resource for both to have uh, and work together in tandem. So, um, you know, I think it's something that is on the
1: horizon. You left the Wasserman group to reunite with Bill Zito and the executive team uh, that's really underscored by experience on the agency side and representing players. I don't know if this is a major shakeup or something, incredibly progressive, but it is a departure from the norm to be led by uh, a group that has your background. Uh, what do you think makes Bill Zito such a good fit for the general manager position in Florida? And why do you think owners or at least the ownership in Florida has leaned towards the backgrounds uh, like yourself and like Bill?
0: Well, I mean, Billy's an extraordinarily intelligent and, um, you know, his vision and, you know, his full life that is spent in this game in terms of watching, negotiating, managing, Um, you know, he's had such a storied career in terms of creating um, experiences for individuals. And I think that um, from our background, we we're excited because we all of us have that background actually being on the other side, working with individual players, right, and kind of helping them through their journey. Um, seeing where the potholes are, seeing what things may have been, you know, could have been handled better and, and whatnot. So um, I, I, it's, it's an interesting perspective. I think it, it's a new and fresh perspective. Um, obviously there's been other general managers lead that have come from the agency model to become general managers. But um, I think we, we just have a, a wealth of information to give uh, to a club. And, you know, we just have a, such a great blend down in Florida with, you know, players and, uh, you know, people from the business side too. So it's going to be
1: great. In your mind, what is the right front office mix uh, when considering the old guard or the old boys club that has cultivated, you know, tried and true relationships across the league, but also those with business backgrounds like yourself, those who can really hone in on the contractual elements, which is such an important part of the game now, there's also stat, stats and analytics experts. I mean, when it's considering the mix, what does the ideal front office look like to you when melding together all these different talents and experiences? Well, I
0: think you know Billy's gotten uh, got himself on a pretty good track with it right now. I, I think it's yeah. you know just putting people that work together and, and are excited about um, the great the common goal and and putting their you know they kind of their self second and the team first and and that's what we're all about and i think that with having so many accomplished people around there's there's just a wealth of information and you know you go in to the office every day you're learning something different whether it be on the analytical side or you know from a player background you know you have guys that played over a thousand games in this room and um you know so i think the whole idea of a great front office in my opinion is having people that are participating in inclu- inclusive you know um everyone's kind of pulling on the rope because if you can put all those minds together,
1: then you might be able to do special things. Okay. Let's, uh, let's shift to the Panthers before, or the Panthers performance on the ice before I let you go. It's been really positive as I mentioned off the top. Uh, but what has been the most encouraging sign from your vantage point, uh, through the first few weeks, I guess.
0: Well, I think they've they've just been battling,
1: you know, um, the guys have been battling together. Like, um,
0: Hung in there with some games. We've had some overtime games. It's taken a lot of resilience, and um, I think those are great lessons for the guys to go through early. Um, You know, we're not. It's very early in the season. We've got a lot of games to play, and some of them with not that much rest. So um, we're off to a good start. We're very excited that uh, the players seem to be enjoying themselves, and and hopefully, you know, one one game at a time, we keep pushing them together.
1: It's hard to pick out a move that hasn't worked well for the Panthers right now, at least when looking at the offseason transactions, which you were a part of. Uh, Between the addition of Patrick Hornquist, Carter Verhage, Anthony Duclair, Alex Wenberg, has there been an addition that has exceeded your expectations or the expectations of the front office to this point?
0: You know what? I think we we were so excited about all the additions that we have. I I think um, we had you know, and I know Billy has high aspirations for every single player that came, that he brought in through the door. So, um, you know, I don't think uh, bringing any of these guys together and their success is on accident or we're surprised. We just, we're excited. We identified these guys because they're, they're high elite talent and they have great character and they work hard. Um, And we're just happy that they're, you know, kind of earning out in their potential too.
1: Anthony Duclair made headlines uh, representing himself in the off season Um, with that in mind, I'm curious how the the deal came together with Duke and what the Panthers approach is to harnessing the talent that he does have, but doesn't necessarily show with regularity, maybe uh, as a, as a team would like.
0: I think it's just supporting him, you know, Um, uh, Duke and Billy have a a long relationship dating back to uh, Columbus days and, I think, um, you know, they both feel comfortable working together, obviously, again. Um, and, you know, our job is really the players have got to play and the coaches have got to coach. And, you know, we've got to help move the pieces around the board as we see fit and then help them support themselves to, to be the best player that they can be. Um, and I think uh, with Duke, he's got all the potential in the world. He's off to a great start. And I hope that um, we can keep supporting him so he can help uh, reach the highest points.
1: You mentioned players just reaching their potential and a part of Keith Yandel's potential is putting up points, which he's done in the early going. Obviously, there was an issue at the start of the season or or some debate about his future. Has the situation just sort of resolved itself because he's performed on the ice?
0: He's playing great, you know, and we're excited to have him. He's a he's, you know, one of the best power play defensemen to play in the National Hockey League. Um and um, we just think that you know it's been a great fit. I think the team—it's a testament to the team and, and, and how um, everyone is coming, gel together, and, and Keith being one of those guys. So it, we're off to a good start, and hopefully we keep chipping away at it.
1: Last one for you. Roberto Luongo is named an assistant GM with Canada uh, for the Olympics next winter. We all know the future Hall of Famer. We all know the Twitter personality. We don't really know executive Roberto Luongo. So indulge us on that. And what's he going to bring to the table for Canada when it is time to pick that team?
0: Oh, I mean, Lou's one of the best people that you meet. He's just, uh, he's incredibly intelligent. He's driven. I mean, you can't, you don't have the type of career that he had without uh, having a whole bunch under the hood. Right. So he's, you know, he was obviously very gifted athletically, but he's every bit of, uh, you know, from an intellect level on that, that level as a player, as he, he was there. And, as well as just the fact that he's a personal guy. People like to be around him. He likes to, you know, he's a welcoming guy when you meet him and, and, you know, kind of wants to, you know, help you to be a better person as well. So uh, I couldn't be happier for him. Team Canada, he's he's got themselves a nice group. Hopefully they don't beat us in the U.S., but, you know, (laughs) they put together a nice group.
1: I imagine it was fun for him and, and the entire executive team to watch the World Junior Tournament, specifically the final with Devin Levi and Spencer Knight going head-to-head. Obviously, there's, there's a lot to work with there for Roberto and, and yourself. Uh, this was a lot of fun, Brett. Uh, I appreciate your candor and the conversation. And congratulations again. And hopefully we can do it again sometime.
0: All right. Thanks for having me.